The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Oh, yeah! This is the Cigar Authority. Have uh, you any imported cigars? The authority on everything cigar in and out of the cigar industry. We're on a mission from God. With your host, a jelly donut, David Garofalo. How did it get here? Mr. Jonathan. I hear you. And I care. Barry Stein. And he was my spare glove compartment underwear as a napkin. And Ed Sullivan. They don't have a listing for Mr. Wonderful. What uh, spelling did you use? It's time to light them up. Smoke if you got them. It's time for the Cigar Authority. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, September 29, 2018, broadcasting live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And today, a real-life rock star, the owner, creator, and founder of Cigar Ninjas, all the way from L.A., Jason Land joins us to celebrate the first year broadcasting at the Studio 21 Podcast <coughs> Cafe. We'll talk about that with our producer, Ed Sullivan, and a lot more. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar radio at its finest. The Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. And you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog on thecigarauthority.com. Welcome, a friend, to the show, Cigar Ninjas. Jason Land, thanks for coming. My pleasure. It's been great. So, so you are a fan of the Cigar Authority. Oh, this has been how I got into cigars. No really, kidding. Was like what's taken me over the edge. You know, I've been listening to you guys at, at least seven years. My God. Yeah. My apologies yeah. for some of those earlier shows. So, yeah, so is it a letdown that now you're on the other side of it and you say, this is it? This is Oh, no, it's the, exact, it's the exact opposite. It's everything I thought it would be and more. Yeah, no kidding. A- anybody that listens to this show needs to make the pilgrimage out here. This has been great. Beautiful. So you contacted me and you said you listen to the show and you have two loves in your life. Uh, maybe many more than that, but uh, two things meaning guitars. You're yep. a cigar you're a guitar guy mm-hmm. um, and cigars. So how can we put this together? And you came up with a unique idea that I thought was a fantastic thing to try. Yeah, I thought it went great last night. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I do workshops uh, very often. So I thought let's not try and fuse the two together and see how we go. So first time you've played to a, uh, a sellout cigar smoking crowd. Yes, not a lot of cigar smokers in California. So. Uh, not as many as I would like. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And, and you know something? And, and uh, Barry, maybe you can uh, help me on this. I think it's our number one state of listenership. That is correct. California is number one. Number one for people listening to the Cigar Authority. Wow. Um, and yet... Um, is that really fair, though? Because that, that's the entire West Coast, right. minus two states. It's pretty big. Well, it's California, Texas, Florida, so... What are they, the top four states in terms of population? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it comes deals with population. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can pretty much, if you can smoke outdoors, and you can't do that everywhere either, um, you got year-round smoking. Oh, yeah. My yeah. backyard is, is my, uh, my cigar lounge. Cigar lounge. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay. Uh, but not so much as cigar shops with cigar lounges built into them. Is there? There are a few. Yeah. Um, where I live, uh, I live in a city called Burbank, which is um, in the valley in Los Angeles. And there, there are two or three in the general area. But I mean, you know, when it's eighty degrees outside, 
Burbank. That's where they used to do all the game shows. I don't know if they if that's yeah, it's a, the Jay Leno used to be okay. Uh, Burbank shot too. there. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So a little. Uh, uh, well, let's let's go to a yeah, cigar. You're stalling because so. it's a small cigar. It's a small, right? <laughs> so let's let's get to the cigar, and um, this is um, a very small cigar, but. Uh, I've had it before. I had it actually yesterday. And uh, tell us about it, Barry. Well, today's first cigar is the La Galera Cubes Connecticut Short. It's manufactured in the Dominican Republic by Indian Head Cigars. The size is a 4x46 Perfecto, and it features an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Dominican binder, and the fillers is Dominican featuring a T112 Aritel, Piloto Cubano, and Criollo 98. A single cigar will set you back $5.59, while a box of 50 is two forty seven ninety nine, which is a savings of almost thirty two dollars, or eleven percent off the box price at twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick and mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two guyscigars.com. Now this is the one that comes in the big Q box, gigantic fifty size. count box. Retailer's worst nightmare. Right, because where do you put it? No, I, 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 I. Running this store, I've enjoyed it because it's a nice interrupter. Customers walk up and go, what is this? Yeah, what's this? And there's something for everybody. Because there's four different ones. And I would say this is the most popular as far as sales go. Oh, without question. I think the size has something to do with it because it's a very familiar size. Which is the Hmm. Toro Fuente shot story-ish. Yes. A little different because I put it side by side. A little different. A little longer little thinner. I think it's tapered a little bit more yeah. extreme. Yeah, so they're not using the same mold, but they're same country, same type of shape to it. Uh, very different well, cigar. It's like they took the Las Palmas steak and shrunk it. The Las Palmas steak? Huh? That's right. I never even thought of that. Is any of those left? <coughs> no. All gone. See, All gone. It used to be a cigar. See, I think, though, the, the thing that disturbs me about the cube is the packaging waste, right? It's you look at it and think, I'm getting a couple hundred cigars, if anything, in there. It's like the bag of chips. You know, yeah. you open it up and a lot of you air look space. inside. Yeah, there is a lot of airspace. Now, I, on the other side, I like that because it's so massive that it draws the eye to it. Right. So I feel like I'm, I'm selling more cigars because of the size than if it were just a regular box 20. Can we cut this and light this? Is this possible? <laughs> right, I, I do want to do it, but uh, we, we want to help Jason out here. You know, he's coming here, and we're going to be playing guitars and stuff. It's guitars and cigars. Very nervous about it. But he comes here, and even yesterday, he was like, I'm afraid to cut. And like yeah, I don't want to do that in front of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make judgments. Yes, we do. A little, <laughs> a little performance anxiety. Or right. <laughs> playing in front of people, no problem. But, like, coming here and, like, uh, I just felt all eyes were on me. I'm like, are they going to like this right or what? So we're going we're gonna to help you through it. Great. Looking forward to it. And um, right now it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. So what I'm going to do, I like to use my thumb as a marker. So I get the cutter pressed up against my thumb, and I get it lined up so I can get a good grasp on it. And then all at once, you're going to push into the cigar this way as you cut in one quick motion. And try Boom. not to circumcise your thumb. Now, see, that's what I'm terrified of. Yeah, how'd I, how'd I do? Not uh, you could cut a little more than that. So, Dave, I see a lot of people that buy this size of cigar, and they'll cut the nipple off on the on the foot. 
Yeah, they do. What is so, your thoughts on Because they're, they're worried about how it's going to end up burning. It's put here for a purpose. I want to leave it on there. I've done it both ways just to see. You may have to touch it up because you're only lighting a, my God, a 10 ring gauge. Right. In, at in, best. It's smaller than a cigarette, whatever it, right. is, it is. In general, Barry, people mm-hmm. shouldn't cut nipples off. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying. When given the choice. Leave I, the nipples alone. I got a nipple. Case. I've seen Come some in. crazy things in Hollywood, though. <laughs> I'm sure pierced would be the least of our, our concerns. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Cyclone, and we're doing it for a specific reason, because Jason did not fly here. Before you light it, give a little draw to the cigar, a little taste. You, I'm mid-commercial. You, we don't, we don't have to right light it, it reminds but me I'm of, in the mid of, middle of the commercial. Reminds me of Cheerios. I got vanilla. I got a taste of vanilla. Mid-commercial. <coughs> yeah, I can get the Cheerios. A little on dust that. there. Yeah. Cheerio dust. Yeah, I'll get the bottom. with me. <laughs> I get a little pepper on that, too. Yeah, a little white pepper. I'm with you there. Wow, I got vanilla all day long. All right. Can I finish the commercial? Yeah. So Jason flew here without a lighter. And I'm giving you that lighter, Jason. Thank you. As a gift, and you're going to be able to fly back, and it doesn't matter if you checked luggage or not, just throw it right in your carry-on with your shaving supplies, and you'll get there no problem. Great. So anyways, this is the Vertigo Cyclone. It features three jets, easy adjustment at the bottom, and double action. You do have to flip the lid on this one to ignite those three jets off the low price of $12.99. That's the Vertigo Cyclone, $12.99. So he's just tapping it. Toasting it just a teeny bit. I like with the nipple. I like to get the nipple burning all the way around before it hits the bulbous region. Come on, huh. Barry. That was a layup. No, it was too easy. <laughs> what, what would they call that area? The uh... the areola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> and it's a little darker. Just now, Jason. You uh. You you did it. You absolutely killed it last night. By the Thank way, you. I have to say that uh, for anybody that is interested or that, uh, plays that, guitar, that was the best cigar event ever. It was awesome. It was so different than anything else, and I didn't know what to expect. And you know, you're teaching people a chord or two or whatever you call it, and as it went around and around, and then all of a sudden it breaks into a jam, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. And I didn't play the guitar at all. You didn't play the guitar at all. You had a good time, though, right? This was excellent how, how it ended up playing. And is that what happened when people jam? All of a sudden, it just goes into a certain direction. And is, is it always a win or sometimes it's lame? No, I, I think that there's always good moments. And it's just about staying on that wave, you know, and how, how, seeing how far you can take it. So as long as everybody's listening and everybody's cool, and, you know, not trying to be too uh, self-indulgent. These guys didn't, only, nobody knew each other, and everybody's going, and at a certain point, everybody stopped at the same moment. You Like, you, everybody was in yeah, perfect was cool. harmony. You were conducting. Yeah. You, had, was, you had some orchestration going oh on there. That was great. God. Uh, one thing that you, you talked about is honing one's basics, and you, you were discussing counting measures, and it made me think about how similar – Cigar smoking is, believe it or not, to playing the guitar. And, and so, some people get a cigar and they go, oh, I'm a cigar smoker. And they cut it wrong and they throw it in their mouth and they half light it. And they're not really honing their basics when it comes to uh, having a good light, having a good cut, and making sure that the start of that experience is as good as it possibly can be so they can get the full enjoyment out of the cigar. And it seemed, because you started with the basics, even my brother who is a fairly accomplished player. He can, he can hang. He plays in a band. 
he went through the basics with you and he was here this morning with our sound check, just making sure that we could plug you into the board. And he was doing some of the stuff that you did last night. And what a, what a difference just in him, because I, I see him play all the time, but in taking it back to those basics made him a better guitar player literally overnight. Yeah. Well, it's about patience, you know, and uh, I totally agree with you. Like cigar smoking, it's the same thing. You just cut it properly, light it properly, enjoy the whole experience. And uh, learning to play guitar is an experience and it's a lifelong journey. I mean, I've been playing uh, almost 26 years now. I'm still learning. You look like you you're know? 26. You look like you're 26. Is right. <laughs> Def- definitely not. My, started when you were five years old. My knees and elbows don't feel like yeah. that. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, if, you, if you do it right, take your time, you know, get your foundations down, then um, you're just going to have a, a better overall experience in the long run. And when I started smoking cigars, that's, that's what I wanted to do. Was like, let me figure this out. Like I'd ask you about the dancing today. Yeah. Like, like um, when I first got into cigars, I went out and bought a book, like Cigar Basics or something. And then I started searching on um, for podcasts. And that's how I found you guys and just started educating myself. I'm so thankful that I did that because now when I smoke cigars, I really enjoy it. And, and you know, I've developed a palate for it and I like getting the, the care package and the different uh, types of cigars and going in a cigar shop and knowing what to ask and knowing what to look for because I took the time in the beginning yeah. to really like figure it all out. I have a question for you when it comes to cigar smoking. You're able to do something that I can't do when it comes to cigars. You were able to hold the cigar in your mouth while you were playing and you didn't gag, you didn't throw up all over your guitar. Is there a technique to that? Hold your breath. <laughs> Please <Yeah>. do. <laughs> the problem is I can't do it either. I can't I know, can't have it in my mouth for more than 30 seconds. When I have to carry something in there, i got to use both hands. I put the cigar in my mouth. I'm grabbing both of the things. The next thing you know, I'm breathing it. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, i got to put it down, put the cigar in my hand, and, and then walk around carrying the stuff. I can't do it. But so the cigar I'm getting Anisette. That's funny because I'm getting Chuck Berry. <laughs> we'll see. You, know, like, you, you got the little zip, little tang. The sambuca, the, yeah, the, the espresso. Uh, Ed Sullivan, unmute his uh, his track there on his guitar. Yes. That's what I'm getting out of this. Little Chuck Berry. I wish I was a cool guy. He's like the coolest guy I know. <laughs> He's got the look, the sound. Does this or does this not make cigar smoking better? Oh, my God. I need a Jason Land in my life just following me around. So you, <laughs> he can when you're smoking a cigar, life. you play the guitar while you're smoking cigars? Sometimes. Yeah? Yeah, sometimes. Again, I sit outside a lot, so I'll just bring my acoustic guitar and sit out back. And if I'm moving around, I'll just put it in my mouth or whatnot. So you mentioned you smoke outside. Mm-hmm. There's certain areas of California where you're not allowed to smoke in your own backyard because of the free uh, Clean Air Act or whatever. And it's the most na- polluted and, state in the right, country. And right? neighbors have complained about cigar smoking that have led to, or any smoking that have led to bans. Do any of your neighbors complain about the cigars out back? Uh, not yet. Um, and I'm hoping that they don't watch this show <laughs> so that they will. Um, but, you know, it's my backyard. You know, I'm going to smoke cigars. And I agree. It's, yeah. your, it's your personal space. Yeah. 
But unfortunately, in parts of California, it's illegal to smoke. In Tag us when you get the ticket because I want to see it. I just want to. I'll be there supporting the cause to fight it. The way I look at it is, is the mountains are on fire, and the, right. air, the, the air quality is a lot worse than you know what my cigar is putting out, and at least this smells better. You know, so. Well, you got off the plane in Boston of all places, and we think Boston's kind of polluted. But you said you got off the plane, and you're like, "Oh my God, fresh air!" Yeah, I, <laughs> like you thought about that about Boston. That that was my first thought. And we we get outside, and you could I could tell the difference. Wow, I, I haven't been. I was in the, the Caribbean the summer, but outside of that, you know, California most of the year now. You come up here and go up to the White Mountains. Oh my God, it's beautiful. It's the cleanest air in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a great place. The only problem is it starts getting cold. Are you cold right now up here? Uh, no, I'm all right. Fifties, sixties. Uh, yesterday was was a little, yeah, a little challenging. Yeah, so right it, now it's gonna it's gonna drop down to zero. Yeah, see, then, that's when yeah. I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then it gets a little funky. For I'm us. allergic to the cold. Yeah, it's getting that way. Um, so uh, I, I got to imagine uh, the women are all over you. You're a cool looking <laughs> guy. You, you play the guitar. I mean, it's so. You got to cool. be careful. My my wife's watching yeah. this. Um, and and that's what attracted. Her to you was music, right? It's uh, no, we actually sure it's the hair. Yeah, he's got those luscious <laughs> locks. Hair. He's a good-looking guy. I'm, jo- Jonathan I'm has hair, hair envy. Get, but it's well, we all know this, that this we cool. all know that the basis of the band is going to die a virgin. But if <laughs> if you're if you had to pick, is it going to be the lead guitarist or is it going to be the drummer? And I know you're married, and I'm not trying to ask you to cheat on your wife. I'm just saying, in a hypothetical situation, who gets laid first, the drummer or the lead guitarist? It's always the drummer. Really? No always, always a drummer. My brother said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Hello, so I said it as well. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say it would be the guitar guy. If well. I was a girl, I would bang the guitar guy before the drummer. What do you mean if you were a He's girl? He's the front guy. The, 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 the exactly. drummer is in the no background. No one even knows who the drummer is. <laughs> wow. How is he so loud? He doesn't even have a microphone. He can hear crystal clear. One. The drummer is popular, huh? Oh yeah, because you know he's he's the one driving the the groove, and and he's usually in a, in a rock band is the one that, that's has the most energy. He's, he's got, got the a shirt off, he's always, got, yeah. always. He's got the rhythm, right? It's something about the pounding of the drums. That yeah, yeah exactly. The girls. <laughs> and, and we just wear our pants too tight, and the girls they they don't know how to go with that. Yeah, so. <laughs> but we all agree the basis is not getting any. I don't believe any of that at all. I think I, the guy doing the lighting is is, is doing well. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're in the band, right? You're in the band. So so I got a shot working the board here? No. 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 no, no yeah, no. you're out. Zero. You're uh, out. You got to be in a music band, I think. We all smoke cigars at Sullivan. None of us are getting any. <laughs> so you've been, you've been in many bands. Yeah. Recordings? Yeah. You're on record? I, I've, I've done it all. Oh. I mean, right now I'm... My my core uh, business is uh, is teaching, and I created a methodology yeah. on, on how to teach beginner and intermediate guitar, and that takes up ninety five percent of my time. So I, I I play in a couple Led Zeppelin tribute bands for fun. Oh, cool! Um, but that's just because I really enjoy the music, yeah. and, it, and it's challenging, and it keeps me on my toes. But yeah, I don't I don't really play out too often anymore. Yeah. How much of an artist sound? And and you you had talked a little bit about how. B.B. Uh, King had a certain technique for generating vibrato last night and yep. how he would anchor his hand. How much of an artist's sound where you listen to B.B. King and you know before he even sings, this is B.B. playing Lucille right now, how much of that is B.B.'s technique versus the physical guitar or the equipment he's playing it through? Which one is giving him his sound more? It's definitely the technique. It, it's cause, Because players change guitars throughout the course of their career. 
right? Um, you Except at, Willie Nelson, he's yeah, well, said yeah. trigger the whole time. Yes, uh, but it, it's all it's all in the, like the little intricate things that you're doing with your fingers, like down to like what kind of guitar pick that you use. Like like, like getting back to the Zeppelin stuff. Um, for the longest time, I could not figure out how Jimmy Page was getting this one sound, and then someone was like, "You got to try these these Herco picks." This is what he was using. I picked this thing up, played it, and it sounded different. Immediately sounded no different. kidding. So it's like this this combination of of like how you're actually doing it, and then the the material that you're using that sticks with you through your career. Like he would use these picks throughout his career, and that became almost like a part of his technique. So uh, vibrato and and all the other the tricks that you use and the voicings and how you strum it, that's it's all a part of it. But at the end of the day, I mean, it really comes down to playing from your heart, like like how committed you are to the sound of it and like being really really present i've met some of the best guitar players in the world i met jeff beck i've met jimmy page and the theme with all of them any any excellent uh, or famous musician that i've gotten to speak with is that they're they're very present you know like they're right there engaged and you can see it in their guitar playing you know like they're just living on every single note and when you're doing that you you know you're you're really into the flow and, and that's where the magic starts to happen. So that translate that translates, and that's what people what people are hearing. Very interesting. Last night watching you play, and my my wife and I are both professional dancers, and she has a technique of teaching her more advanced dancers where she'll teach them to dance on the back side of the beat, and you play on the back side of the beat, which I find, I saw it immediately the very first time you went through that first measure, and you said, "Here's what you do." three, four, and you didn't strum on one. You strummed on the back side of one, mm-hmm. which was, the, I, I knew right then that you were the real deal as far as a, a musician you. goes Thank and you. an artist. It's, it is a very overlooked skill uh, uh, when playing music. And it's not just for guitar. It's, it's anything. Because music is something, obviously, that you hear. But I think more than that, it's something that you feel, right? And you can... You know, you could do a waltz, or you could do a um, a rock tune or a punk tune, and the the actual tones are the same, but it's the feel of it. It's the stretch in between the notes, right, being right. able to play that, play with it. Right. So you can definitely acquire that skill. I mean, I've, I've been working really hard at at, uh, at having the ability to to place the note wherever I want to, and yeah, playing behind the beat. That's that's where it's nice and loose. Feels good. Wow. It was so interesting, all that stuff. Can you think of um, any musician out there that would, would smoke while they're playing? I've seen Joe Perry. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I've absolutely seen Slash. Joe Perry. Remember, remember <laughs> Cheap Trick? Oh, yeah, the sure. The drummer at Cheap Trick would go through a pack of cigarettes. Well, Keith, Keith Richards and Ronnie Wood are smoking throughout the show even to this day. Oh, yeah. No, Page, Jimmy Page used to do that yeah. as well. But it was all cigarettes. There wasn't a cigar smoking. No. Joe Perry. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen used to put the cigarette right at the top of his neck. Yeah, that's right. In the yeah. guitar while he was doing his solo. Yeah. Still does. Still does, he's saying. Mm-hmm. Wow. One of the, uh, the the two most impressive things I've seen an artist do, and I'm not a musician, so for me it's this is probably trickery to you, but uh, I've seen uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and B.B. King break a string, and in Stevie's case, he went from one guitar to another guitar, dropped the strap, dropped the guitar into someone's hands, and comes back in perfect in time with the music, even changed so he didn't have to use that string that broke and continue playing the song. And I saw B.B. King actually change an actual string 
during the song. Really? Is that, is that a is that a thing? It's a rehearsed thing. I mean, you you plan for for all of those situations, and like you don't like intentionally break a string and and set it up. But uh, if you're practicing and that happens, you adapt to the situation and you rehearse. Okay, you how am I going to keep playing? And you, oh, absolutely. The string's not there, and you you put a new string on while you're going. I used to I used to uh, be in an original band, and during the rehearsals, we would have the singer's wife come in and pull out the pl- uh, cables from all of our instruments. So that we would have to, like, you know, how would we, you know, get the cable back in in time? And, like, what if somebody, like, knocked your hand and the guitar pick went flying? Or, like, what if somebody pushed your amp over? We would rehearse all of that. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's all, you have to plan for a worst-case situation. You know, obviously, you don't want that to happen. But if it does, the show must go on. And so, to put this in a cigar perspective, this is having the second lighter in your pocket. Oh, I ran out of butane. That's right. I ran... Oh, I, I I forgot my cutter. How do I get the cap off the cut off the off the cigar? And, and as a, it's interesting. You got three disc jockeys up here, nightclub disc jockeys, wedding disc jockeys, and stuff. That's what that's what we did because, frankly, we love music, but we have no talent. Oh, I I would disagree with that. I mean, like being a disc jockey is a talent for sure. Because you have you that have is the correct you, answer. You, you have to. That is the correct answer. <laughs> Well, I started in the 70s, and I'll tell you, um, I would take over nightclubs. I'd go into a nightclub that would have bands in there uh, during the week. And then I said, how about if you put a DJ in between the set? And the next thing you know, they put me in the set. Next thing you know, the, the band would lose the gig. And it would be just all DJ because it was so much cheaper for them to do. And the opposite happened that the, the bands used to say, no talent, blah, 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 blah. And there'd be these guys practice their whole life to end up getting there. And here I am putting the needle on the record. But but you know as well as I do, it's not just putting a needle on the not. record. Correct. It's Correct. Harmonic but, mixing. It's it's matching beats. It's matching the feel of the song. You have yeah. to read the crowd. I mean, like I, I used to be in that mindset where you're okay. talking about. And then I went to, uh, you guys know this event, Coachella. Ever heard of that? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to this, uh, to the Coachella maybe three years ago. Uh, with my daughter and the the dj came out. it was guns and roses played right and and that was incredible but uh i think it was like later that night they, this huge uh electronic uh dj came on was it cascade it, I, I think he played the same year as guns and roses it, whoever whoever that was yeah. and and it blew my mind like from that moment completely changed how i looked at electronic music and, and djing right. because yeah there wasn't like hitting a guitar or, or a drum but it, it was just the whole show of it you know and like the reaction from the crowd is the same right and at the end of the day if you're a musician your job a live musician your job is to move people is Correct. to you know, get right. them to feel something yeah. and this is an ocean of people that were just dancing you know that, that were hypnotized by this music and it, it was definitely you know i i um Change, well, there's people, and, and even in, in a band situation, you know, there's people that play guitar, and then there's instrumentalists. There's people that that their their passion overtakes that audience, and that's that's their drive is to push what they're feeling out into the world. It's two different two different types of things. You can be technically proficient, mm-hmm. but you can also be an artist. Definitely, and yes. and and I'm not just blowing smoke here, pun intended. You you, my friend, are an artist. Thank and you. The way not only did you make everybody that was learning to play guitar that was only half the people. The other half of the people, the other ten people in the room, weren't playing, and they were entertained by you because you didn't just cater to one group. You catered to everybody in the room. 
Up that ding ding means it's time for the matchup of the week brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair Cigars. Who would win this hypothetical battle? And uh, today's is, would you rather be the smartest kid in school or versus the most popular kid in school? Hmm. Smartest kid in school or the most popular kid in school? <laughs> I was neither. Jonathan's brother just said Jonathan was neither. I was neither. Were you ne- neither? Uh, neither. And were you a guitar player in in school? Uh, towards the end of my high school career, yes. All right, which made you very popular. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never, I never tried to do anything other than just music. Like, like I, I grew up in in New Jersey, and at that point, tenth grade, I was like, I want out of here. I want to, I want to go out of California, and so I didn't think about anything other than just playing guitar and practicing as much as I could. So when we were done, I was I re- out. I remember the kid that was the musician in school, and he ended up playing a concert in there. Lacquadara, you remember being Lacquadara or anything? I don't no. recall. Anyway, it was a it was a Boston band, and he, this was Robert Lacquadara in my in my class, and not really known throughout school until we got to eleventh grade, and then the band comes out, and he's performing and stuff like that, and wicked popular because he he was there. Um, but I'm going smartest. I don't really care that much. Clearly, what other people think, think of me. I think during school, so we'd want to be more popular. Absolutely. But now there's things I wish I listened to. So now I'd rather be smarter. But back in school, you can just Google day, Pythagorean theorem. Barry, so, we have <laughs> smartphones. Now. So we're talking in school. Would popular. you rather be po- popular? I would rather be yeah. popular no. while I'm in school. Yeah. And then get smart afterwards, but it's. I don't know at, if it works. Moment. I don't think you can just can't you know, do it. Turn on now. I'm going to be the smart guy. I don't know. Well, 49 year old me says I would have rather been the smart guy, but 17 year old me says I'd rather be popular. Yeah, I didn't care about being popular. Again, clearly, <laughs> you were neither. So, you were neither. So you're the perfect person for this. I would. Uh, I'd go smartest. Really. Yeah, I think I would go popular as 17-year-old me. I want to be popular. Now I want to be the smartest. Weren't you the thinker? Yeah. I was the mascot. I was the thinker. That's clearly Jason, someone who's into thinking. Smartest, definitely. Yeah? Mm. You want to be the smartest one because you're already popular. Now, I was voted most popular in my high school class. Really? I have a yearbook to prove it. You were the most popular. I was. Is there anything else in your yearbook that could keep you from a certain position in life? <laughs> yeah, right. I assume so. <laughs> yes. You were the most popular in school. Yes. Were you the smartest? Because you're a smart guy. I think I was seventh in the class, somewhere in there. So oh, I, smartest? Yeah, I almost had Oh, my both. God, you had it all. He hit the bifecta. Oh, my <laughs> God. I was neither. Jonathan was neither. Were you anything? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> Not were, were you something in school? Not that I can remember. No? All right. I don't know what the answer is to that, but... I'll take both. You were both, so what would you rather be? <laughs> you were both. I think Barry's got a point. At that point in time, the most popular had its benefits. Right. Right. The hottest girls, the easiest girls. Huh. Could you play an instrument? No. Does I've the skin flute count? <laughs> no, that that. no, there isn't a thing. I'm just asking. So, except Jason, and I don't want him to respond to this yet because I want to get to that after the break. Mm-hmm. What do we think of the cigar? It's incredibly smooth. I'm still getting some hints of licorice. There's a little bit of a, of a wheat component. 
a little bit of an oak component. I'm still getting a little bit of that cherry effect, but licorice wow. above. I want you guys. Like, I want you guys to think about the famous flames, and and just imagine that we've transitioned from Chuck Berry into James Brown. That's what's happening in this cigar. You saying you feel good? That's what you taste. Ah. I got some sweetness to it. Still got the vanilla in there. Tell me James Brown wasn't sweet. Come on. Hardest working man in show business. Overrated or underrated? James Brown? Yeah. Underrated. Underrated. 100% underrated. Who would you say the most underrated popular guitarist is? 70s, 80s, 90s today. Uh, well, I mean, he's he's popular, but I, I think very underrated and the most underrated uh, would be Jeff Beck. I mean... Mo, mo, people know him, but not to the degree that they should. Not the popularity I, I, that I, some I could, of the songs. That. See, yeah. I would say John Mayer, kind of known more of as, as a crooner, but he, I think he's an unbelievable guitar he's player. He's a phenomenal guitar Stevie player. Stevie Ray Vaughan? Oh, amazing. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has him at the top of their but, list, but though. I he's not underrated. Because, because he died so young, and you know, is it he, he stopped at, at that peak. At Ridiculous? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it stopped at top three of all time. Yeah, he's constantly in in like the top five, but but Jeff Beck is often left off those top five lists. Some people will put them on there, but um, when I saw him in concert for the first time, I, I mean, that was like the greatest guitar guitar player I've ever seen live. All right, he you're the one to judge. Well, and Jonathan and I went on a mandate to yeah, we see did. Ry Cooter. Oh yeah, who he's is awesome. a phenomenal sick. guitar player. Yeah, he was sick. Hendrix, he's like the best. He's the best. He's the best. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a Jimmy Page nut, um, but yeah, Hendrix is the best. And again, I, I look at that as somebody that died young and able to say, you know, it's somebody who won their fir- their first and only fight and say, okay, I'm the best because I did great. But as years went on, it might have dropped him down. I think with, with musicians, um, it really could go either way. What I've seen is that people that were in very popular bands, they ended up not progressing in their music. But the people who um, were virtuosos in what they did and continued to push the envelope of their ability, because like, they were doing it for themselves like in the yeah, musical yeah. journey, people like Eric Clapton, who just have constantly grown. Or like I was saying, Jeff Beck. Hendrix it was that person. You know, and I think that's the, the biggest uh, crime in music is, is that guy dying uh, because I would have loved to have seen him live. And I, I, I mean, couldn't even imagine what he would have put out. I mean, he's 27, I think, right. 26 yeah. or 27 when he died. Yeah. You know, like I'm uh, 37. I'm quadruple the guitar player I was 10 years ago. You know, like I couldn't even imagine like what, what, what the material he would be putting out. Um, it, so... It's it's like a cigar, you know. I mean, like you you get better with age. All right, we're gonna go to break. I want you to play us into break, and when we come back, Jason Land playing us out of break here. It, uh, Jason Land from the Guitar Ninjas is gonna play a little something that describes the cigar that he's smoking. I uh, give a cigar review to the music of what he's smoking. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. This 
There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. America's favorite love story takes on a modern zeal with this A.J. Fernandez collaboration. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, crafted in Esteli, Nicaragua, is a contemporary take on the rich and robust profile of the Romeo by Romeo collection. This exceptional premium offering employs an aged San Andreas wrapper, considered one of the most flavorful leaves used in today's premium cigar market. Handcrafted in Nicaragua by cigar master A.J. Fernandez, full-flavored, dressed in a stunning San Andreas wrapper, rich in bold profile with notes of dark chocolate, spice, and licorice, and available in four sizes, Robusto, Toro, Pyramid, and Short Magnum, competitively priced under $10. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, the Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lining up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, 
The Padrón Family understands the significance of time. Padrón delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padrón recipe was born. The Padrón mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not quantity produced as a vertically integrated family-owned company. Personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper surrounding a Dominican blend of Piloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With the exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. This is Nicholas Melillo, a.k.a. Nick Aragua from Foundation Cigar Company. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we're back. And we're with Guitar Ninja's founder and rock star Jason Land, who has the ability to describe flavors of cigars through music. Did you ever hear Cigar Jukebox before? Uh, it's a, the, the it's name, a podcast. The name sounds familiar, but... Uh, but this would be something... Uh, this is Dave Burke out of... Um, Australia. Australia. Oh, I think you guys... I've heard you yeah. guys talk about him before, yeah. And We've I all been on. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, what they do is... He tells you way in advance, this is the cigar we're going to be smoking, so I need four songs to pair with the cigar. It's so interesting, mm-hmm. and you'd be probably awesome to do it. Um, and the first time I did it, I found it very, very interesting, and then he's doing the same thing at the same time, so he has you on the show, and he says, okay, so your first song to go with it, and I pick this, and he plays the song, and I'm lighting a cigar up, and I'm smoking it, and I think I did okay, and then he... He says, well, this is what I paired with it. Totally different genre, totally different type of music or whatever. And I go, all right, this is what this guy does. I got it wrong. I think I got it wrong. (laughs) So as the show's going on, and then I go to the next one, and this is where I went. And he goes someplace totally different. I did the show. I listened to the show after we did the show. And I said, I got to get back on the show sometime because I don't know if I did this right. Uh, Like there's a right or wrong answer. I don't know. And uh, then I did the show again, and I said, this is really something to do uh, as you're sitting enjoying a cigar, and say you got your, your iPod going or whatever, how people listen to music, and what type of music do you want to listen to when you're smoking a cigar? So this cigar you're smoking now, what type of music would you want to listen to as smoking a cigar, and what does this cigar sound like? 
To me, it it has definitely like a uh, an acoustic feel to it, almost like a like a folk kind of feel. Well, we're screwed. You have an electric guitar. <laughs> so. No, 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 no. You, could, you know, you could, you could. It just has like a little bit of like a, a woody component to it. So that's like the first thing that that comes to my mind. But like not not uh, you know not not something like that, but just something a little smoother, you know. Like maybe a little hallelujah. <laughs> How do we know he's right? You don't. <laughs> he's 365 retail stores across the country. That's, That's how. Woof. No, he's been doing this for all this time. Of course he's right. This is the answer. And I would have got it wrong, maybe. Where were you going? Uh, no, this is, this is me- a mellow, uh, relaxing, See, mellow song. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting Jackson 5, but just Tito. So he's got a he's got a little a, just a little strumming solo kind of in the background. You can't you can't do the crickets. Okay, here's the Tito part. Are you ready? No. You ready for it? I'm ready. There it is. There it is. Because <laughs> it was all studio musicians. Tito Jackson, you're the most underrated Jackson Five member ever. Best name though. Yeah. Is that the best oh name? yeah. Absolutely. So I got a question regarding the guitars. Vodka company's going really good. Uh, Michael Howe in our chat room, Chubb, though, he asked, uh, as, lear- as one is learning to play acoustic guitar, should one focus more on right-hand technique or left-hand technique? Start, well, it depends on if you're right or left-handed. First of all, um, I'm assuming that, that you strum with your right hand. Um, start with your left hand. And the reason for that is that your left hand is where you're doing mechanical stuff. So you're switching chords or you're doing like solo technique. It's mostly non-musical. So what I tell students to do is focus on all of your mechanics first because the expression comes from your strumming hand. Because I could play, I'm playing a G chord right here for anybody watching. Right? That's not nice and fat. Now, that's that's not going to change, right? The shape's not going to change, but what I do with my right hand can make it change. So I could strum it softer and then increase the volume. Or I could change the feel of it, like, or do more of like a like a kind of rock thing, like. Same exact chord. Same exact chord, right? Yeah. So, uh, for any beginner student, you always start with your fretting hand and make sure that your your chord transitions are as smooth as possible. So I shouldn't have listened to my mother when she said not to fret. <laughs> that, you must fret. You must fret. That You're was not so funny. bad. <laughs> You suck. You <laughs> suck. Where were the crickets on that one? <laughs> okay, so uh, you have cigar, no cigar, you have guitar schools. Yes. And it's Guitar Ninjas? Guitar Ninjas with an S, yes. So I looked up um, you, you on LinkedIn. I wanted to prepare. I didn't know you. Let me see what you're all about. Hollywood Guitars, what's that? That is uh, where it all starts. So Hollywood Guitar Lessons is the LLC. Um, okay. So that's the, the kind of parent company that everything else that I do is underneath. And uh, when I first started, I always had the, the vision of franchise in mind. So I was like, well, if I live in Hollywood, nobody here cares. But if I'm going to start branching out, 
then maybe the name Hollywood like will resonate with people. Because I remember growing up, there was a place called Hollywood Tans where in like the local town where I was, and okay. everybody wanted to go there because like, oh, that's where you go. Um, so I thought, okay, maybe we'll do Hollywood guitar lessons. It'll make people think, you know, this is like some cool thing. And um, when I developed the Guitar Ninjas program, that just had so much more meaning behind it. And then we kind of gravitated towards towards that as the name now. So I'll tell you, when School of Rock, the movie came out, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I watched that movie the first time I did it, and I said, well, here is a business for me. And I looked into it. Yeah, it's half a million dollars. Yeah. But something like that, not as a franchise of this, but doing something like that, is that what your school is about, that you're going to give stage presence and show people how to be on stage, or it's just a um, guitar lesson and not... A rock star. We focus uh, where I think where our specialty is is how to learn. So we use guitar as the the kind of the vessel, but what we teach is how to approach learning any kind of skill. So the foundations of how do you think, how do you approach things, how to have your mind right, how to overcome challenges, and then what are the initial steps that you need to do that are going to give you the most results. So uh, what I was talking about the, for the uh, person that, that wrote in about chord transitions, like we spend a lot of time on what I call one motion mechanics, like getting rid of excess thought or excess like uh, brain processing so that you can focus on maximum creativity. So what are the things that I'm going to need to do that will allow me to learn in the fastest amount of time possible so I can focus on the stuff that I really enjoy? Because what I saw happening when I, when I first started teaching is people would come in and they'd want to play like these insanely complex songs. And that, I mean, that was me like from day one, I want to learn stairway to heaven and you know, that's not going to happen. So uh, let's start with your basics and, you know, kind of walk you through a course. So um, over the, the just working with like literally thousands of students at this point, I was able to see themes. So I started picking songs that would give people the skills that they needed and then use the song as a way for them to track their progress Uh, and then just kind of put them in order and then tested them uh, student after student after student for four or five years until we like really tweaked it and got it right. And now what we do is use this formula to get people to play in in a very quick amount of time. And I mean, we, we have a lot of kids that come and see us, but adults too, but I mean, some of the kids that are, you know, 10, 11 years old that have been with us for three years are like shredding on guitar. It's incredible to see. Um, So I would say we we do uh, teach guitar. That is our specialty. We beginner and intermediate guitar, but um, more it's like life skills and learning skills. So how you, how you, take the stuff and you apply it to um, to other areas of your life. Just like I said with the cigar stuff, right? Yeah. Like it, it took that methodology um, and then put it right to how I was going to approach, you know, smoking cigars. I didn't want to just, you know, light stuff and burn cigars and whatever. Like I want to know what are the foundations and where do I go from here? Uh, because you, you learn the process and that way when you are better – you don't have to worry about the stuff that you should have done in the beginning, right? right? And yeah, I, you learn you learn from not doing what you should have done from the beginning, and that is really how the, the whole program of the, what we do, guitar ninjas, is all based off of my mistakes, right? And I tell the students, this is what I wish I would have done, yes, from day one, very good. And these are all the things that that I, I where I could have saved a whole bunch of time. So let's do those now. But let's put them in a way that was fun. Like for me, music theory, I, I couldn't stand music theory. And I would try and read books and I was like really passionate about doing it. But it just didn't stick. You know, it, it wasn't. And, but it wasn't until like I started learning 
songs in an, uh, in a way that um, I, I would either teach somebody or I would have a gig and I would want to know, okay, well, what's the story behind this song? So story meaning like what's the theory behind it? And that got me to like really understand the language of the music, which in turn like helped me as a player. But, you know, I didn't have that in the first five, ten years of my playing. It was just let's do this song or let's do this song. And there was no like cohesive element to it. What I found interesting last night is not only you guys deconstructed that uh, cream song. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards there was a little jam session where uh, a gentleman sitting in the middle of the floor starts playing a little Eagles and then, or Bob Dylan. And you were able to pick up his chord progression. And then you played uh, uh, some lead solo stuff over it. Mm -hmm. And then my brother jumps in and does his stray cat strut thing. And you were able to jump in and do that. You were able to deconstruct those songs live Mm -hmm. having not, uh, no, it looked like you hadn't done them before because it took have, you about yeah. 30 seconds to, all right, this is what he's doing. This is where he's going. This is the key I can be in. And then you shredded, <laughs> which was awesome. It's it's just a process, you know, because in, in music, there's only so many chords that you're going to use and there are only so many notes. So it's it's anticipating what's going to happen and then just going for it, like really like being fearless with, with the instrument. Uh, that was probably the biggest lesson that I had to learn was to be okay with making mistakes because I wanted everything to be perfect. And, and um, the early part of my professional career, I mean, I would rehearse everything like too much, you know, to the extreme. Sure. Um, and then if something didn't go right on stage, I would, I would just lose it. I'm going to leave myself a note to tell my wife I'm now fearless with my <laughs> instrument. Do you, have, do, you have a, do you have a student that is going to be something? Uh, oh yeah, I mean it's going to be a star. Uh, yeah, I mean the music industry is so different now than than what it was even when I was coming up. Um, but I look at, at students like, do they have the ability to do what they want? Right, that if they if, be able to write a song, yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, they have right, the like, talent, right? Like, do they have the the mindset and do they have the the physical ability? to capitalize on an opportunity if something's presented to them. Mm, and, and Which is part, the big part of the thing. I think the, we have many students yeah, that could do that. Now. That's unbelievable if somebody mm-hmm. ended up churning out of it. What I, my thought process of building this business up would be actually to be create the monkeys, basically. Again, yeah. you teach these people um, how to play the instruments, and the next thing you know, they're touring, mm-hmm. and you're actually building bands and things like that from there. Um, and, and I think that would be the thing that would capture somebody. Everybody wants to be the rock star. Okay, so this becomes, we're going to teach you how to play the guitar and teach you how to be a rock star, and then you will be a rock star. It'll happen within this place. Yeah. So we have to be every instrument. Yeah, we, we um, I do uh, band coaching sometimes, with uh, specifically with younger kids, um, and we do talk about performance elements. Nice. You know, And down to like where I was saying, like you know, I used to uh, practice things that could go wrong. We'll do that, yeah. you know, and just prepare these kids for the worst case scenario. So when they get to that situation, it's really not that bad. Yeah, it's not a total shock to right. the system. Right. Yeah, we, we did this in, in class. In other words, football plays and stuff. What happens? You drop the ball. What are you supposed to do? Same Next thing. play. Yeah. yeah. No, no, exactly. And that's a really big part of learning. So going through your LinkedIn again, it was the Hollywood Guitars, then Cigar Ninjas, Full Sail University. Mm-hmm. You went to college. Yep. There was only four things on his LinkedIn, by the way. It was Hollywood Guitars, Cigar Ninjas, Full Sail University, and Cigars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I said, okay, this guy is the real deal. You really care about cigars. I love cigars. I That's love awesome. Them. I do. I, I really do enjoy cigars. It was the, it's the only thing uh, that really like, keeps me still for an hour or two hours, and, and that's why I really enjoy it. Um, 
I mean, I had a pretty rough start. Uh, I was on the, it was in uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and somebody came up and said, "Would you like one of these Cuban cigars in a glass tube?" <laughs> now I didn't know, you know, that I was smoking wood chips and um, floor, but uh, that's that's at least what got me down the path of, oh well, like I can sit here and enjoy this, and like I'm not like getting up and going and doing things, and uh, that, that it gives you something to do when you're doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. And for someone like me, like I'm constantly on the go and, and thinking of things and, and you know running my business. That uh, the I, I smoke probably two to three cigars a week at least. It, it is it's my time. Yeah, you know, and and it's really great. It's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, right now it's time for the Don Raphael offer of the day. Brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, how much? Is this the first time you're visiting Boston? Uh, yes, for like an extended trip, yes. Okay, so uh, while you were here, did you uh, partake in our famous lobster? No, we didn't get to go there yet. We went to we went to the north end for Italian All food. All right, which is great, great. Well, um, $500, would you let a lobster take hold of your hand with its claw? You must lift it four feet into the air and then set it down. So no lobsters would be harmed during this uh, Correct. this challenge. <laughs> You're not going to kill it. Afterwards, I would cook it. You can. (laughs) You can boil it to death and then eat it after. But you get $500 to let a lobster hold on to your hand. Uh, I'd like to phone a friend. Sammy B., what's the... I uh, I want to hear your thought because you don't know the lobster like we know lobster. Well, um, gauging from my uh, anxiety about the cigar cutter, I'm I'm not (laughs) going there with the lobster. I'm going to make $500 playing. Okay, because the claw... Sam, do you think a claw could go like right through the hand, or do you think it'd just hold on? My hand. Yeah. <laughs> it could break a finger. It can break a finger, no problem, right? His hand, no. Your dainty hands, probably yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I draw the line at that. It's I, Sullivan, no way. Yeah, I'm out. The, the answer is no. I think no. I would do it. I would go for the big claw, not the one with the sharp things on. It's, it's just the break. big one. The claw is so and strong then, it will break through. I don't think it will. I think it's just going to pinch a little bit, and I'd be able to pick it up. Put it down and then take your money. You're wrong. Dave, send Mikey to Market Basket and get a lobster. Yeah, you're gone. It's not like we're talking like breaking your another part of our body. It's our hand. It's My, just- Michael Damari says you have to do it with a female lobster because they have smaller claws. And he's been lobster fishing a lot lately, so he would know. Yeah. They, they put the big elastics around the claw. Lobster for a trap, reason. Yeah, trapping, whatever. Yeah, no, it's going to... You can. Do bad, bad things. Yeah. Don't do that. Definitely not doing. I have, I have a parrot, and he bit me one time. Ah, and see, a parrot's a whole different thing. That, that, they, that break, hurt, they break nuts with their beak. Yeah. That's not a... Terrified me. Yeah. Lobsters don't do that. They Lo- eat lobsters decayed. live hundreds of years old. You know why? Because their claws are so strong. No, that's <laughs> not true. They eat decayed matter off the bottom of the ground. They don't need massive crushing strength. That's why I don't eat them. Bottom feeder. Yeah. The chicken of the sea is what they are. Yeah, the chicken of the sea. <laughs> All right. What do we think of the cigar? This is the La Galera, Connecticut. This is the from the Cubes. It's like, uh, there's no other way to say it. It's like the, a Toro Fuente shot story looking La Galera. Uh, limited production as far as we know. Um you know, I've been going through these one after the other. I, I, I like this. Cigar. I like it too. I mean, I got right nothing left. I'm I'm uh, starting to get a little smooth and balanced. It's not burning too hot. There's like a little bit of of tension, like between um, Paul McCartney and Yoko Ono. There's a lot of tension between I'm Paul fi- McCartney and Yoko. Right at the very end, it's heating up a bit. You know, it's getting a little a little warm. Like 
Did like Yoko, later on did in the Yoko Beatles and the Beatles was it her? Boy, uh, well, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. So the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. And that, <laughs> no, and that happened. I, I, to- I don't think so. I think they were going in different directions anyway. Yeah. The uh, a lot of the times the women break up the bands. You know, that's how I see. I, no, I think I think uh, you've just listening to like the the Beatles and where they went with their music and where they went after that they were the Beatles. I think it's just creative differences. Love so. the Beatles. No, actually, um, I'm no. Not. Okay, there it is. Look Most overrated too. boy band in the history of boy oh, bands. Oh my god! The, the, the later stuff where it got a little bit more more aggressive. Um, yeah, I was. Um, I'm into that, but like the early pop stuff, it, it just it didn't do it for me. It was in sync before they had uh, drum yeah. machines. Yeah, nothing against them. You know? Wow, I, I'm blown away. Not, nothing against them. I'm more. I'm more. You know, Beatles or Stones. I'm Stones all the way. And that's what with Jonathan did too, and everybody was against them. I like the edge. I like. I just like the the grit. Now Paul McCartney touring right now, doing his acoustic stuff and covering some of the '50s tunes that they didn't do. Very good. He's a, he's very entertaining for a seventy year old guy. Very good. But they were a pop band. Yeah, yeah. Not, until they started with the LSD and all that stuff, and yeah. they got a little wild. I don't think I care if it was a hard day's night or not with a twenty three year old dude but, with a bowl cut. But didn't they do? The, they were the first to do a lot of musical things that would happen. Well, they they were covering blues tunes at the beginning. Yeah, like so yeah. They, they were like really into Chuck Berry and, and yeah. all those guys. Um, I, I think they were like the the first group to like really do harmony and play their own instruments and all that uh, on a on a mass level. But yeah, yeah just I don't know. It never never really all resonated. Right. With all me. right, we're gonna go to break. When we come back, I want to talk about. Uh, bands that are out there that we may not know and we should know because they are great and they may be the next up-and-coming thing that's there. We're going to take a break. We're going to have you uh, take us into right. break. Right, yes. Yes. And when Get we to do, work, Jason. There huh? we go. There we go. When we come back, we celebrate the first year anniversary here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Ed Sullivan produces 15 podcasts. He's going to tell you about a little about each one of them as we light up another cigar that's music to Arias. And um, we got some letters in the mail by our bag when I get to it. We're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars, as Rafael Nodal has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Rafael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales, where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera, it will have you calling for an encore. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create 
create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at twoguyscigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast. Or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tobacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent, and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at Better Cigar Shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. 
Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa Tobacco Farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Nelson Afronso from Selected Tobacco, the company who made and manufactured Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero. You are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we're back with our number two broadcasting live from the one-year-old Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We're going to light up a celebration cigar, which is part of the Cigar Authority package. And joining us is Jason Land from Gatan Ninjas. Welcome back, everybody. And you are listening to the Cigar Authority, now in its ninth year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest, the Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. So we've been doing this for nine years, the Cigar Authority podcast, but one year ago tomorrow, we started Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and the guy that built the studio was here, which is great. Sammy B. Sammy B, one year. You gave me a one-year guarantee on this place. Everything <laughs> held together. <laughs> Warranty's up. The place starts falling apart after this, I guess. But everything's been perfect. Uh, everything's working still. Knock on wood. There's no wood here. I don't know what these things are made out of. But Well, there is wood. You want to get some wood? Use my instrument? No, please. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. So what, what else to uh, light the cigar up with? And this pack, the packaging on this thing is going to change altogether. This cigar brand's been out for a while, but we're going to turn this into a different look of this cigar as time is going on, uh, and people are working on that right now. But it's Studio 21 is the cigar brand. So what else to smoke at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe anniversary? And Studio 21, tell us about it, Barry. Well, as Dave mentioned, the second cigar today is Studio 21, and it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic by Davidoff for Two Guys Smoke Shop. The size is 7x50, which is the number 4. It features an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper over Dominican binder and fillers. It is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package, and a single cigar will set you back just $4.59, while a box of 20 is only $69.99, which is a savings of almost $22 or 24% off the box price on twoguyscigars.com. Since they're not available at a brick-and-mortar retailer near you, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. So this is something I put out a long time ago, this cigar, and I'll tell you, it came in for a few different reasons. Um, an old brand that was out there that was discontinued and studio bringing in my... Um, 
DJ background. DJ background and stuff like that. And when we were actually naming the podcast studio, I thought Studio 21, and that's where this whole uh, thing came about. Um, let me tell you, this is a long-filled, handmade, premium cigar from a premium cigar manufacturer. I will go on record right now and say this is the most underpriced cigar in the market, period, hands down, and we got a lot of underpriced cigars. There's no advertising, no marketing, no anything that happens to this cigar. But when I had Hanky Kellner up here, I say to him, what do you want to smoke? Nobody's here. It's after hours. He, he comes up and stuff. He said, Studio 21. And I said, really? And I have to go find Studio 21. For sure, I thought he was going to say somebody else's brand. And he said, now, this is a really good cigar. And the guy that makes it, is there something going on there with he's trying to make me happy with it? I'm already happy with it. It's pretty unbelievable it's exceptional. for the price. Now we're going to pretty it up probably raise the price on it. I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening with it. But right now, you're talking a $4 cigar, even less, closer to a $3 cigar. On some of the sizes, correct. Yeah, and by the box, yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other brands are raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax, and they actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. And the cold drawer, lightly salted sunflower seeds. Lightly salted. I'd like to object. Of course you would. <laughs> it's part uh, of your charm. He's not cutting the cigar with us. He's cutting it early. So he so, gets so a that, jump start on the cold draw. Well, he does that on purpose. And then when I go to light the cigar, he's quiet and doesn't so, talk. What are you saying? He nailed the cold draw then? Yeah. The lightly salted part is what did it. Yeah. If he just said sunflower seeds, I wouldn't have given it to him. But in the shell, or you take them out of the shell and you eat them? Well, usually you put like a handful in your mouth and you just break them as you go and you spit the shell out. Yeah. I used to like to eat the whole shell and then I found out it's bad news. You heard the well, Nick Perdomo yes, story? Yes, I did. Can- Nick Perdomo, sometime <laughs> if you see Nick Perdomo. By the way, Nick Perdomo is going to be up here Wednesday visiting Two Guys Smoke Shop and uh, he is going to partake in the Ash Holes podcast. So he's going to jump in for a little while. That's the the fir- first of the round two of the blind taste right. test. So he'll as be well. he'll be smoking somebody else's cigar which or possibly be, his own. Which would be I don't see Nick Perdomo smoking someone else's cigar. I think he brings his own up and says, "You guys keep those." Yeah, that's my prediction. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see. Janine, don't tell him. I know you're listening. Here we go. There's no need to tell him that. All right. Let's light her up. We're going to light our cigar today with the Vertigo Cyclone. This is the original one that brought them to the game. It does feature the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. It's got three jets. You flip the top. Easy strike. You get an easy adjustment at the bottom. It's the Vertigo Cyclone retailing for $12.99. So, Jason, I'm going to show you the right way to light a cigar. Please. All right, so I'm going to hit it in the center of it. We're using jet lighters here, the Vertigo jet lighter, hitting in the center and up, as you see there. And then I'm turning the cigar. So what I'm trying not to do is to burn the outside wrapper. And by hitting the center and up, it's not going to roll underneath of it. I'm at a 45-degree angle. I'm turning it, and you see I'm toasting it all, all around. Once it's all toasty, which it is, I draw it, bring it to my, my lips, and staying away from the flame, I draw the flame into it. And we don't scorch the cigar. So to end up picking up some of these subtleties that we pick up that other people say that it doesn't exist, we're doing it by not scorching the wrapper and drawing in the scorch taste 
into the cigar, and a scorch taste will overpower all those subtleties that happen. So we have no subtleties. We have subtleties because we didn't scorch it. So the first taste that I get is freshly baked bread at your grandmother's house, at a farm, not the packaged stuff you get in yeah. the store, <clears throat> where the butter has been melted into the toast. So you're taking freshly baked bread, you're toasting it, loading it up with butter. Are you getting any, That's sweet, what I get. any sweetness off it? Uh, any, a hint, a hint, yeah, a hint a of raisiny, a little bit. Raisin, yeah. I thought we said we weren't playing any of this crap while Jason was here. Jason I, likes that I one. I played less than normal. <laughs> We need a couple of drops like that that uh, maybe you'll send us something that you'll invent send, uh, of, of yeah. a, flavor, yeah. a flavor note song. I'll get some samples to you. Have you wrote a song? Oh, many. Yeah? Yeah. Long, yeah. But the beginning part of my career was, was all uh, writing for an original band. And then I got into professional writing, uh, so writing for other artists. And then I would go to, uh, to Nashville and Los Angeles and, and do that. And that, that definitely wasn't for me. No? Uh, I mean, it, it was not. I mean, that's that's a whole different game. Um, when it's like it's like factory writing. So we we went to a, a writing partner um, uh, and myself went to Nashville and we worked with people that had written major country hits, and they were just they bang them out. They're getting them out in, yeah. in, in thirty minutes, and it was just very very much a formula that they were following. Yeah, which is a talent in itself. But but for me, I, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah, look at how the Motown people did it, right? It was just a, a formula of the same people doing it yeah. next day. Bang, 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 bang. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah, that just, I just found that wasn't me. I did that for about uh, two or three years. And I, just, like, I, I like having control of the situation, like, of, like my own destiny. And what I found is we would write these great songs, and it would be somebody else's decision on whether it would get released yeah. or not. Uh. You know? Whereas like, you, you, know, you, put, you think, oh, my gosh, this is great. This is the best song I've ever written. And you take it to a publisher and be like, that's yeah, okay, yeah. and they might have been having a bad day, you know. So, right. so you have, and because you would take the same song to another publisher, and like this is awesome, and then you could take that same song back to the original person, and be like, oh wow, this is a great song. Well, you heard it a week ago, and you turned it down. You know, right, so right. I, I didn't, I didn't like that lack of control, and um, it just wasn't the style. And, and it's so to do personal it. to you. It's your baby. Right. You wrote it. You put so much into it. The same thing happens with cigar manufacturers. It's very tough. Uh, and part of the thing that happens to me, I go down to the factories and they say, oh, I've been waiting for you. I want you to try this cigar. What do you think? And you know it's their baby. And they, for them to say that to you is, you know, they're all proud of this yeah, thing. Yeah, they're looking for your seal of approval. And the problem I have with that is I'm not going to say to them, wow, this is fantastic. Because now they're going to go to the next step and they're going to invest lots and lots of money in it. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell me that it wasn't all that great? And that's where the, it comes into when I go, it's okay or whatever. And they go, okay. And now they're mad at me or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but I don't want you to go invest a whole bunch of money. You know, and then I'll question them. Who do you think the customer is for this? And so, oh, everybody's going to like this. Well, let me tell you, everybody's not going to like this because this, <laughs> this, this. And I just want to say it. And so maybe don't ask me because I feel like I got to tell you the truth of it. They're looking at, at the song and say, can I sell this thing? Right. Is this, is, you know, people going to buy this record? Is it going to be uh, popular, pop, right? Is, is it going to happen? Um, and they know. They know 
whether it can or not. Believe me, a lot of people turned down Elvis Presley right. years early. Same thing with, with uh, the Beatles, and even though you hate them. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I get a lot of hate mail for that. Yeah. Do not hate the Beatles. Right. I just prefer Led Zeppelin or the Rolling Stones. Right. So I think back to the cigar, Wayne in the chat room says the cigar reminds him of a Pop-Tart. A Pop-Tart? Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? It's so freaking good. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. I wish I could do that. I'd play anything. You can play anything. A commercial's playing on TV, you play the commercial. It doesn't matter what it is. You hear it. If you know it, you can do it. At this point. Do you, uh, at this point, yeah. Do you name your guitars? I personally do not. Um, I know many players that do, and there are many famous people that do. Um, to me, I, I just when I when I'm picking out a guitar, it's first and foremost, what does it look like? It has to inspire me. Like, and then what does it feel like? And then third, you know, what does it sound like? You asked earlier about, you know, how much does the gear as opposed to the the technique make the player? The the sound of the instrument is really like third tier for me. Like, I, I have to want to play it, which is going to make it sound good. Right. But there are, you know, there are great-looking guitars that, that don't play good. They're super expensive guitars that are okay. It just, I mean, it's just like cigars, right? You might have a, a $25 cigar, and it's okay. And then you have something like this, which is, you know, we say five bucks or something yeah. like that, um, and a comfortable chair. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Nice. He is a listener. Yes. He is a li- We haven't done that in years. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> And and the the uh, the the cigar that's that's uh, a little bit cheaper tastes better. So the, the guitars work the same way. I mean, I have I have a guitar that's you know uh, I cost me like seven hundred bucks, and it plays way better than you know, many like thirteen fourteen hundred dollar guitars that, that I play. When you get a new guitar, and and I know you don't name them, but let's call them Lucille because that's that's my favorite one. <laughs> Is there some kind of warm up that someone should do prior to fingering their Lucille for the first time? <laughs> I'll let Barry take that. Is there, yes. Is there any need of that? You want to go nice and slow. He's been waiting gentle. all day for that one to throw that in. How embarrassing. My apologies in the And then you want to end with a counterclockwise swirl. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was my move. Uh, so we're here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe selling up, celebrating our first year. Ed Sullivan, now the producer of all the podcasts here, Ed. Quickly, uh, who all, are the podcasters that all, are podcasting? All but one. Uh, Mr. Jonathan usually yeah. does the writer's blog. Yeah, because his wife is one of the... The ladies that are and, on that show. Yeah, I mean, that's a great show. That It's sort of their journey in writing. You know, a couple of them, I think your wife published a book. She's got two published, yeah. Of, but she talked about one that she was yeah. in the process of publishing. So yeah. I think it's very interesting. Uh, Ambitious, which I know is one of your favorites. It is, it, because I see the potential of this show. Uh, not for me, but for no. other people out there. This thing's going to be a big deal. Katie Boyd is her name. Hosted by Katie MF Boyd. Yeah, MF. You'll figure out what that is when she <laughs> in- intros the show. Uh, fantastic. Uh, it has and the potential of being a yeah, big deal. Health, nutrition, yeah. uh, empowerment, spirituality. Yeah. That's Mostly empowerment for women. It, she's the exact opposite of the Cigar Authority. We're teaching dudes how to just sit back and get away with doing less. Yeah. And right. she's teaching women how to just grab... 
the world by the ball, so to speak. And I think and do the more. women are winning, to be honest with you. Right yeah. Now. They, they certainly are in the uh, political then, scene. Then we have Real Estate House Party, my favorite show that's um, marginally about real estate. Marginally. <laughs> because it's the funnest show there is. They, bring, a, they bring on real comedians. A lot of fun. And yeah. Tony V sits in every week. Yeah. Real funny. We had him on the show. On, He's the, yeah. And, you know, sometimes we'll be... 22 minutes into a 30-minute show, and they haven't touched on real estate right. yet. So, so really if you is, don't care about real estate, it doesn't listen matter. to the real estate yeah. house party because it's it's a party. And Studio 21 is hosted by a true professional. Yeah, I don't know about that. Business. But that's a podcast about podcasting, so if you want to catch that. I started listening to that last night. Yeah. After you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, the Ash Holes, which um, I think we've talked about. Yeah, sister show of, of the Cigar Authority, I'd say, comfortably yeah. saying. I've never been on the show, but Barry has been on the show. Jonathan's been on the show. Ed Sullivan's been on the show. I haven't been on the show. I haven't been asked. You haven't been invited. Yeah. I'm sure that's the reason why you haven't been on the show. And then uh, Pit Life Barbecue is a fairly new one. And we tested the food last night. I had such high expectations for their food, and I was blown away. Great food. Messy Mike. Uh, and Johnny Mags. Yeah. I can't believe that that guy barbecue. allows regular people to talk to him. He's like a, he's a god when it comes to barbecue. Mm. Very good. Easy Money New England. And Jonathan, what do we like to say? There is no such thing as easy money. Correct. And so um, that's hosted by Brian, Brian D'Amico, who Brian. started that on the radio, I think. He, he, yes, and he, he was here for the one year ago opening day during the... Uh, uh, podcast, um, what was it, the Na- International, International Podcast, podcast Day, yeah. that we did a bunch of podcasts. He was there. He we didn't was, get invited back to that? We did not. I didn't I didn't hear from them at all. Hmm. Huh. Well, the next show yeah, then, <laughs> is Political TNT, Brother versus Sister. So we've got a Democrat and a Republican. Screaming at each other. This is the loudest show by far. I mean, I, I You're riding the board, you know. Riding it the is, board uh, for the whole show. It's like watching Thanksgiving at my house yeah. <laughs> every week. Yeah. And they also, Tom and Nancy Troy, do the Don't Do It Yourself podcast where they go through. It's contractor referral. Yes. Yes, and they, they yell at each other far less on that show. Yeah. So there's somebody doing two podcasts, which is pretty right. great. Paying attention, uh, Tom Duggan political. also came from the radio, came yeah. over to podcasting. Yeah, political, mostly local, but he goes he goes national too, especially lately where politics have been going. And my One of my favorites, because I get something to eat every week, is the Snack Authority. There we go, which is uh, me and Ed Sullivan put that together. As a part of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, trying to help people doing a podcast and hearing all the, I can't do it because, I can't do it because, I don't think it's going to work because, we put the show to, at the Snack Authority together on that Studio 21 Podcast Cafe show of what can we possibly do to see <coughs> if we can do something else. And here we are, we're up and running. We'll see how if we can build it and monetize it and turn it into a business. And if we can't, I got to eat chocolate cupcakes. This there we go. Yeah, so as, as I did. Three for different, breakfast. Three different kinds. It was fantastic. Can't be all bad. And, you know, one of my favorites is this one called the Cigar Authority. There we go. And I think next month, um, one year on the show. You're on one year. Okay. Nice. Yeah. 
which should, is marginally about cigars. We should have marginally, mm-hmm. marginally. Um, and next week we are on episode four hundred and forty-four. Oh, that must mean something. Um, Ed Sullivan, I think you should make a carrot cake of some kind. Oh, you like the carrot cake? Yeah, you don't. We don't have to bring it on the show. Just make me a carrot cake. Oh, right. maybe, maybe that is not next week. That's the following week. So, but uh, bring the carrot oh, cake anyway. Jonathan, yes. I don't actually have an oven. Oh, right that's now. right. With you, the kitchen renovation uh, going on. Yeah. That's a lame excuse. Bring all the stuff you need to make it. We'll make it in the oven back here. All right. It's quite simple. I'll show you so I never have to make it oh, again. Oh, great. Well, can, you teach a man to fish. And can you do that. carrot cake without that kind of frosting that's on it? I don't like that. It's a cream cheese frosting. I don't, I'm not into it. It's good. No one asked you if you wanted to eat Try it. something different. Do like Jonathan does and take the carrot cake and then turn it and into put something. Chocolate, chocolate frosting, frosting or something. Or something. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do German chocolate cake if we're going to mess around oh. with chocolate i made that right did yeah. i give you one of those that was great oh all right good and you know then my only other point for underrated guitarist glenn campbell Feel you on that. Ah. yeah, yeah. Feel you on that. exceptional really well, exceptional. He, he was part of the wrecking crew which were studio musicians there was a woman carol Kay, i think her name is and they were phenomenal so they well, played, I see him as a strummer or something, no, not so much into... Oh, no. They, they played yeah. a good Nasty. portion of the Beach Boys stuff as studio musicians. The Beach Boys were another one of those bands, uh, you know, that but didn't pa- have enough musicians to You know who uh, else is really, really good that you wouldn't expect in going to our theme this year at the anniversary party is Jerry Reed, mm. another underrated guitarist. Yeah, those are... Picking, picking and yeah. grooving, whatever they call. What do they call that country thing? Picking, a finger picking. Yeah, or chicken picking. You're talking, okay. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You if do you any chicken picking? If, I do not. That is not not my world. All right. I went, one of the trips in Nashville. I, um, I got invited to a party, and I was telling somebody this last night. Uh, there was like this warehouse, and there were different like areas of the warehouse, and there was jams going on, and they were playing bluegrass music. I was like, don't even put a guitar in my hands. I'm not, I'm not even going to go. Really? They were so good. Yeah. That was, really? Yeah, very, I don't very see it because you, you jumped in so easily last night with the different stuff people were playing and killed it. I just wouldn't expect you'd shy away from that. I, I had never played that that genre of music. And uh, I grew up blues and rock and roll and, and funk. But to see these guys uh, do this was How do you, how do you feel about uh, George amazing. Clinton? Speaking of funk. Oh, I love all that stuff. Mm. Great. So is there a band out there, somebody new, that's great, that say we were buying a stock in, into a company, into a band or something, these people are going to be something someday, or should be? Well, again, the music industry right now is so different. Um, and I, I think that it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because it's bringing a lot of artistry back. So people are getting into it because they're really passionate about playing music. And that's good because for a while there was people that were passionate about music, but they really were just trying to. Well, know, they couldn't to, be heard also. So now there's social media and they can be heard somehow. Yeah. Uh, um, a lot of people are talking about this band, Greta Van Fleet, uh, who uh, who's, has, uh, they have uh, a 70s. Zeppelin sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I get asked what I think about them all the time. For me, it's, it's so challenging to hear a new artist and not hear their influence. So most of the artists uh, that come out, I can hear yeah. who they're influenced by, and I would just much rather listen to the original artist. 
you know what? I'll say the same as cigars were coming booming in. It would be the same thing that somebody would come out with a cigar, and I'd, I'd look at it, I'd smoke the cigar, and, oh, this is trying to be Padron. Right. This is trying to be Fuente. This is trying to be Davidoff. This is trying to be whatever. And it's hard for somebody to break in and say, this is different than everything, yeah. everything else I've heard. Um, usually doesn't end up making it. But right now it's time for What's Up in the Cigar World with Barry Stein. It's time for What's What's Up up? in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled N2-bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. And Cuba's playing a little dirty pool, as this week Festival del Habano 21 has taken, announced it's taken place one week earlier than planned, with the dates of February 18th to the 22nd which puts it in direct competition with Pro Cigar that begins on February 17th. Ah. <clears throat> they used to take place a week apart, so people could go to one and then go to the other before flying back to now Europe. Now they're making them choose. And now they're making them choose. But let me say this. The Cuban Festival was the first festival, and Pro Cigar ripped off the Cuban Festival. Every festival ripped off right, the Cuban Festival. Right, 21 years. Yeah. They've been doing it the longest. And another cigar manufacturer has entered the book business, is Hoya de Nicaragua has put out a book celebrating their 50-year anniversary, and it touches on the history of cigars in Nicaragua. And then lastly, I'm curious to see how the panel feels about this, but J- a small cigar company called JSK has announced a CBD-infused cigar oh. for 2019, which will deliver 5 milligrams of CBD per cigar. Only it's if a, you inhale it. It's the second cigar yeah. to do it, as Al, Al Capone also offers CBD cigarillos and with the state of the cigar industry i'm wondering why you would do something like why this. do that why and would you put- how can you because you can't come out with a new product how can the new ex- product ex- come in exactly how can that legally come mm-hmm. out the answer is it can't and well, why would you do that mm-hmm. because we're trying to say our product is different than other products mm-hmm. i hate it right yep. and that's what's up in the cigar world so you smoke pot yep you do mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> does it everybody it's illegal in california <laughs> right um, I, I mean, I definitely don't agree with putting that in cigars. It's like a cigar is good by itself. Why mess it's with it? It's a different product. Please don't say it's like smoking grass. Please say it's not like smoking cigarettes, pipes, chewing tobacco, certainly not vape. It's a different product altogether, and I want to leave it that way. It should be separated mm-hmm. as its own category, and it is in one state in the whole country, New Hampshire. It's the only state that says it's different. We got to get that to happen in the rest of the country because it's a different product. It's it's a whole show. But speaking of shows, next week, October 6th, the Conspiracy 2018 episode. It's that time again where we get ourselves in trouble and I have to hear from the manufacturers after why did you include me or why did you not include me? They yell at me either either way. We might have to take next week off. We could could set up a backdrop kind of like a Jeopardy set and pull stuff off. We could. and we're going to smoke two cigars from the care package. And thinking, speaking of the care package, if you're not in the care package, you're going to want to listen to next week's show. Uh, so I'll just give you a little heads dun, up dun, on that. Dun. I'm <laughs> just a heads up for the people in the care package. It's shipping Monday, so you might get it a day or two later than you normally would. Okay. But so just all complaints and comments. We don't, we don't like to ship stuff out on Friday because... It, then it sits at a facility for the weekend, yeah. so we wait for a Monday. Yeah, so we don't ever do it Can I just Friday. jump in on the care package sure. there? Because I was telling you this yesterday. I mean, if you're a listener to this show and you are not a member of the care package, when 
I don't know if you guys are in the future would, would open it up to more. If there's an opportunity, get on it. I mean, I, I jumped on that like literally the first day when you guys offered that. And it is awesome. Just right. the, like, to me, like the cigars are always great and, and I get more than my money's worth every single time. But the enjoyment of getting the package in the mail and not knowing what's in it is, is great. So if, you, if you're not doing that, you should definitely do that. Yeah, let's see what I got. I've heard yeah. of these and here it is. And yeah. What it is. Good. Um, October 13th, episode 444. Fabian from Drew Estates joins us. Never been on the show before, I don't think. No. Nope. Nope. Sounds we'll... like a guy that would have long hair as well. No. No? I think you're thinking no. of Fabio. <laughs> but his nick- Fabio? says that name. Yeah. His nickname's Dirty Fabian, so. Yeah? Because of the Dirty Rat, probably. Yeah. And Nick Nasty will be with him. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Whoever that is. The, the local rep. Oh, all right. Nick Nasty? <laughs> yep. Okay. October 20th, Raphael Nadell from Aging Room is going to join us, uh, and he'll be on the show. And um, on October 27th, we are going to launch a brand new cigar called Back to Back. This is a Davidoff cigar that's going to come out there. And let me tell you, we got some big thing going on. This is the local artist to come out and and design a uh, artwork on... on, what do you mean, murals? But I think it's street art. Street art. Street artists. If you remember the Zeno uh, boxes yep. that would do it, even some Davidoff yep. boxes, these are the guys that do it. Yep, they're based in graffiti, but it's much yeah. more than that. So uh, I talked with them, and they are going to come down on Thursday that week, Thursday and Friday, and spend two days, and they're going to paint the building of the Nashua location. Oh, another job you can't do, Sammy B. Sorry, do you, buddy. Do you have a rain date on that? They said rain or shine, they're going to do they're it. They'll put up it. tents or they're going to do whatever it is. I like that. So Thursday and Friday, they're going to paint the entire, which is a giant billboard. I mean, the store is giant. They're going to paint that store. And then on Saturday, we're going to have them on the show, and we're going to talk about what happened. And at the same time, launch the B2B, which is back-to-back, which is all their graffiti type of work. Mm-hmm. So i got to give them some ideas. I would love your ideas of what should be in there. They, you know, I, Again, they're artists, so they're going to take some of the information, but I can't step on there. Um, creativity. Creativity, I guess, yeah. So I have to be careful of that. We used to have a graphic design, three or four of them, mm-hmm. and then, you know, they started crying and they ran out and it was a bad thing. Can't mess with artists. No, I wouldn't no, call myself a graphic people. designer, but we've butted heads, heads right? Cause, you cause, can't use white text on a black background. What are you doing? And, and then there was the fountain incident, but yes. that's, we'll save that for another day. Yeah. So we got lots of stuff going on um, uh, coming up on the shows, but we love your input, and we've used the input from that, um, so we'll keep that up. But right now, I think we should go to break, so Jason's going to take us into break uh, for the last segment when we come back, and when we come back, we have... Something in the mailbag. Hopefully, we'll take care of some of that, please. They're really piling up. We've got a crazy story from Barry in the asylum. We've got a classic three-way that I think Jason's going to nail. I made this just for him. We're live from Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, celebrating the one-year anniversary here. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider Cigars. 
So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass-looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet-like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider cigars, so there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1903, when La Aurora Cigars first opened their doors as the first cigar factory of the Dominican Republic, they have defined Dominican cigar manufacturing. Now, La Aurora continues that innovation with La Aurora Dominican DNA, featuring an exceptional blend whose soul is the Andullo. La Aurora pays tribute to the oldest Dominican tobacco process with a cigar that features tobacco that is part of their heritage and their DNA. The La Aurora DNA features this hard-to-work tobacco that brings the unique characteristics of strength, inspiring aroma, and sweetness that creates an exceptional smoking experience that only La Aurora can bring you. Experience La Aurora Dominican DNA with its Cibao Valley Dominican wrapper, an authentic Cameron binder from Africa with fillers from the Dominican Republic, Pennsylvania, Nicaragua, and Anduyo. Available at top retailers like TwoGuysCigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company. It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. 
the mild, buttery, smooth natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more. It's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. The nearly 175-year-old H. Upman brand in collaboration with storied cigar maker A.J. Fernandez bring a medium to full-bodied, sweetly balanced, and yet complex smoking experience. Boasting an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper, this cigar produces incredible aromas and nuances of sweet spices. Today, almost 175 years later, the legacy of H. Upman lives on a brand new take on an age-old brand. Handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua by Cigar Master A.J. Fernandez. Available in four sizes, priced under $9. A legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Hey, this is Willie Marante from Miami Cigar. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back. We're smoking cigars, listening to notes. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Forgot to mention that we are having a contest here on the Cigar Authority. Uh, the past couple of weeks, we played a sound clip from for you, and um, we're going to award the winner now and uh, let you know all the answers to uh, what we I don't know if we're going to award the winner, actually. We don't know who the winners are. Uh, I think Ed's got that, but we have... Um, the answers to it. So, Ed, yeah, I guess pl- play the clip and we'll jump in and yeah. say who the answers are in between the clip. Yeah, and you won the contest, really. You were the fastest response and got them all yeah, correct. I, and I will forfeit my prize and uh, pass it on to In fairness, though, he did not include his address in the email, right. so and he's disqualified. Ed Santa Maria also identified them very quickly, probably a hair slower, but he okay. said he was just being careful. So we are, we will not count. Nobody from the Cigar Authority, Two Guys Smoke Shop, or any affiliates thereof or relatives can participate, whatever you're supposed to say on that stuff. Right. So it's just you guys. Here's number one, then. I owned a 1976 Chevy three-quarter ton pickup truck that had more rust on it than paint. You're gonna, I uh, I drive a, hit uh, him on, a Mercedes um, S65 the actuals this week. Nick Perdomo. I think I, I think I'm driving it. Or if I could win this Smokey and the Bandit car night, that would be a nice one. All it's obvious to be Nick Perdomo, right? And he did make an offer on the Smokey. And the yes, Bandit he did. Car. He, he, he wanted it, and uh, he offered twenty thousand dollars. He was not kidding. No. So um, I think the next one we gave a good clue last week. I had a, I think it was a Buick. Uh, Regal or something like that. That's what I had in high school. Something I don't. I don't recall real well. Actually, I share a car with my with my daughter. I have a. It's a, a Gusto Aroa. We would we would have uh, accepted so Gusto as an answer. Yes, home, she gets to use it, so we share that. <coughs> well, you know, I, I kind of like trucks. I don't know if Miami's the right place for a truck. I kind of like a Raptor or Ford truck. It kind of will do it for me. <laughs> So we say, he said Miami, and we, we had him as a bumper on the show. We threw everything out there for you the best we could. And, you know, it turns out his dream car is what our next cigar celebrity is driving. And this one I could have identified just from the text of what was being said. Right. 
First car I owned was a piece of shit Ford Mustang, and not one of the cool ones from the 60s or early 70s. It was that really piece of crap that they were making in like the late 70s. Tell us what and you think, Steve Saka. I had that car for about 35 days, and then I said, there's no way I could live with it. It's part of the um, I'm driving a 2012 Ford F-150 Raptor. Oddly enough, that is the dream car. I think I'll just buy, I'll probably buy another one when I wear this one out. Yeah, and as you can imagine, I had to do a lot of editing. There was a lot more to it with yeah, Steve Saga. Yeah, because he likes talking. Yeah. I just did a three-hour podcast with him <laughs> last week, and uh, we, between us the two, we, we carried three hours without a problem, and that, that's uh, Cigar Coop, by the way, right. um, Primetime it's called, and thanks uh, for him and Aaron for having us on there. It was a, a great time, but it ran until yeah. after, way past my bedtime. But 92-rated podcast. This being a hundred rated podcast, <laughs> we got <definitely can't. laughs> Barry rating rating the podcast. Now, this next, yeah. <laughs> this next one was move. probably <laughs> part of his charm. Next one was probably a difficult one. First car I owned and was an old Silverado pickup. Now I'm driving a Hyundai Sonata because I'm on the road a lot, so I need good gas mileage. Well, he's been on the show. Dream he sounds car? young. Carson Serino from Serino Cigars. Uh, first car was he not? Okay, so, Carson Serino. Yeah, Serino Cigars. this one, we're joining in progress. He is one of the most frequent appearances Absolutely. on it's the It's the show. real Mr. Jonathan. Eighty-seven Dodge Ram pickup truck. I drive a, uh, I drive a BMW 535 uh, M Sport. He always Ferrari. sounds like he's laughing Ferrari's while he's talking. Ferrari's always been a dream car of mine. Uh, Enzo Ferrari was the dream car in uh, in college. He so pronounces his R's. He's a New Englander, so you can see him really working at pronouncing yeah. his R's because we, we weren't we know born it, with it. We know it's a car. Yeah. All right. Next one, again, was probably not someone that our listeners have heard a lot from. It was a 1977 Mercedes-Benz 240 diesel. Right what? now, I'm driving a pickup truck. Diesel pickup truck. So diesel, diesel, he's saying some information. Shelby Mustang. All right, Shelby Mustang going to happen. Help, help you, but he's he's driving diesel yeah. uh, in a truck, and he lives in another country. And it is Jose Dominguez, Jr. Dominguez, right there. The next one. Oh, the first car I owned, my friend. Um, it was a Buick Skyhawk. A full sunroof all the way back. Last roof, top. It was roof, a roof. production. Yeah, from, he's from Chicago. Right, so it's Glenn Case is a Ford from Christoph Cigars. Platinum. But my midlife crisis is a C7 Z06 Corvette. Oh, my friend. I mean, listen, that Corvette, that Z06 is faster than I can even handle, so I'm happy with that. I'm a pretty modest guy. Now, the next one, I think, has a distinctive voice, but people may not have heard from him along. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Wow. The first car I owned was a 1987 Honda Civic that was given to me and my brother by my grandfather. I'm actually driving an Audi. It's Nick Melillo. It's the first car I've from purchased Foundation in the United States in like 20 years. Now, that was a good Dream car. Dream car. Right. car. Wow. That's a tough one. I love the, uh, you know, like the old Testarossas. Like the mid eighty Tessarosa. All right. Fire engine red. First car I drove was a Mustang. I had a Mustang when I was in high school. 
I just I graduated from Mustang to Lexus. My uncle was the antique. Rolls Royce. All right, collector. so you got a Rolls Royce hey, uncle day, here. You got a family that's been around a long time. That's the I've clue. I've had a lot of cars. That was right. Eric Newman from yeah. J.C. Newman, Diamond Crown Cigars. I think this one had a big clue. Passed it. down through me by my father. Father. So uh, it's really cool because every all my friends Can always have you know that perfume is? that you put in your car, and it, it's always a cigar Smoking that my father cigars. used to smoke. And who but could the, the father be? Outright was it's uh, Kellner, right? Mm-hmm. That's Audi cross A4. Peter Kellner. I haven't changed a new one, but at least, yeah. Audi A7. Yeah. If I'm living in the U.S., definitely an Audi A7. If I'm living in the U.S. Yeah, there was a lot of clues there. Uh, you, you did a good job throwing something in there for people who listen to the show and, yeah, and know uh, who these people the are. The last one, I think. The yes. last one, everyone got correct. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> The first car I ever owned was a Mustang Ghia, 1974. I, I remember we got it for uh, well, twenty eight hundred dollars with James car, Bond. shaggy carpeting, AM, FM stereo, and an eight track. Well, it's Rocky Patel, I got a real Chevy Suburban. Well, I'm a big Aston Martin fan, so I like the Aston Martin DBS. It's a great car. I, you know, I just think it's he a knows it's well a great car because car purrs, he has it. The way it roars. He has his dream car too. It's got that James As he deserves. deserves that it. simple, classy. Well, he never said that he doesn't have it. Right. It's his dream car, they so he has it. it. So that's it. That's the lineup. You got them all. Um, so uh, we'll be awarding the winners this week and send their prizes out to them. We have four prizes, and they're, uh, they'll be on the way on Monday. On Monday. So uh, and maybe we can read off the winners uh, so they can hear their name on next week, if Barry, if you'll get, the, if you get those. Sounds good. So uh, good. squeeze one in, uh, a mailbag, Jonathan. At least we'll get one in here. All right. This is uh, Nicholas contacting us through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And he writes in uh, what I can only imagine is a slightly bitchy tone. <laughs> I can't believe this. I really can't. I'm upset to the point where I want to start swearing, but my kids are in the next room, and I don't want to hear that. have them hear me typing swears. Typing so, swears. Monday morning at work, I fire up the podcast like normal. Not 10 minutes into the thing, this Mr. Jonathan starts throwing shade. He calls my email bitchy and lets the computer girl voice read ah, it. Ah, this is that guy. <laughs> This is Nicholas. Let me repeat that. A computer girl voice. My email was not bitchy, and that sounds nothing like me. I sound like a guy. Maybe my voice is a little nasally, but not bitchy. This is nonsense. Plus, he reminds people that my last email was dumb. I'm not dumb. I went to a very good community college and came very close to getting my degree. (laughs) Side note from the last show, Rocky is really good, but Raging Bull is a thousand times better. It's like top three all-time greatest film. Okay, back to my non-bitchy response. But I'm not taking it personally. Really, I'm not. You know what the sad part is? I wanted to write in with another really good idea for a show segment. Also, my wife had this theory about ugly cigar smokers I wanted you guys to disprove. But instead, I'm responding to this mess. Look, Dave, I don't want to be this guy, but I was strongly considering buying a cigar from the website around Christmas time. A $10 cigar, Dave. Not a cheap one. And not just this Christmas. I probably would have made it an annual thing, but you let this Mr. J run wild, and maybe I have to reconsider. That's what you're doing. Bitchy, he said. It wasn't bitchy. It wasn't dumb. It was actually kind of smart. Barry, how do you feel about sitting next to this guy? You're a real class act, buddy. Don't let Mr. J infect you. Barry, forget that idea I had when you drop a bowling ball in his foot for 500. We're going to drop it to both feet for 300. Take that, Mr. J. 
I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like him too, actually. Yeah. Despite the bitchy tone that he, he writes could, his he emails could sit in. sit in when you're on vacation. Yeah, he could. He could jump in and talk about you. Well, vacation? Vacation. I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't know. You don't take vacations either? Very rarely. Yeah, it's just part of that success. If it was my choice, I never would. All right, we're going to do a classic three-way. We're going to have Mr. Jonathan, Jason Land, and Barry. And here is the classic three-way brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow, it's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In classic history. It is looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's Undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Okay, Ed Sullivan's going to sit this one out. He can look for the asylum segment that I, I glanced over, <laughs> and we'll get to that right after this. But uh, today is September 29th. Barry is our champion. And uh, I set these up to help Jason out. I think he's the one that's going to have the edge on this. You know how it works, Jason, right? Closest without going over. Mm -hmm. And uh, today, um, it's a little different. Drive by the cars. You know the song? Yeah. Uh, No. It peaked at number three. And Let's Go Crazy by Prince and the Revolution peaked at number one today. What year? So we're talking about the songs Drive by... Drive by the Cars, Boston Band, and Let's Go Crazy by Prince and the Revolution peaked at number one today. What year, Barry Stein? 1986. 86, he says. 83. 83. I'm going 82. 82. And Mr. Jonathan will take the point at 83. It's 84. 84, Mr. Jonathan gets one point, and it goes over to Mr. Jonathan. Bob Dylan's first recording session, Backup Harmonica, for Caroline Hester happened today what year? Bob Dylan's first recording session he played backed up harmonica for Caroline Hester what year? 1956 56 he says Jason Land 64 64 61 61 somebody's got two points Barry Stein damn it 61 is the right answer so Barry has two points. Mr. Jonathan has one. Jason's the new guy here. He I know, only I has know. he has nothing right now, but he's going up first now. You have to be so gentle with him. You got goose egg, buddy. We're an American band by Grand Funk. Peaks at number one today. What year? We're an American band. Grand Funk. Peaks at number one today. What year? Yeah, first, Jason. I'm going 74. 74. 68. 68. 77. 77. 41 years ago. Barry will take it at 68. At 73, you were just one off, Jason. One off, but one high. So Barry's going to get another point at three, and it's over to Barry. Ain't That a Shame by Cheap Trick. Peaks at number 35. And Bad Case of Loving You by Robert Palmer. Peaks at number 14. This day in history, what year? Ooh. 
I'm way too early. 77. 77. I think Jason and I are going to end up with two points on this one. It's 1987. 87. Also what I wrote down. 87. Barry Stein's going to take the point. It's 77. It's 79. Really? 79. Bad case 11U, and ain't that a shame. Barry is kicking it. He's got four. Mr. Jonathan's got one. Jason's got nothing. Come on, buddy. I got it. I think You're taking me up here. Um, this is going over to Mr. Jonathan. Jackie DeShannon gets gold record for put a little love in your heart. This day in history, what year? Jackie DeShannon. Gold record for put a little love in your heart. Not when it came out, when he got the gold. Gold record, huh? All right. Put a little love in your heart. I'm going 1960. 1960. I'm going 62 on this one. 62. 69. 69. Somebody's got two points. Barry Stein. Ooh. 69. Freaking cheater. No. Six points. Nobody, how could anybody <laughs> cheat on this? It's not like I, you know, it's crazy. There's no cheating going on. Barry, six. Mr. Jonathan, one. Jason Lean has nothing in it. Over to Mr. Jonathan. But I have everything. Two questions left. <laughs> Two questions left. You are the most popular. You are the rock star. You're getting everything, but you're not winning this contest. Impossible. <laughs> Jonathan, Buddy Holly and the Crickets released the number two single, Oh Boy, Not Fade Away. Uh, that'd be 1952. 52. I'm going 55 on that. 55. 57. 57. Somebody's got two points. <laughs> no. Getting sick of this. Barry Stein. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's cheating. Can't be cheating. Yeah. That's cheating. I'm 100% not cheating. There's uh, not even eight questions, and he has eight points. There's only one question left, and it's going over to Jason Land. This is your last chance for redemption. Come on, Guitar Ninja. What year was Jason Land born? <laughs> Little Anthony and the Imperials recorded Shimmy Shimmy Coco Pop this day. What year? Am I up? Yep. I'm going 53. 53. Jason was born in 1981, and it's 1964. 64. Uh, wow. <laughs> 1953. Well, you did say 37, so just did a little math. He had to write it down. Though. Come on, Mr. Jonathan. I said 1953. 53. Oh, you said the same thing Correct. as Jason did? Yeah. Well, both of you just get a point, thank God. All right. It's 1959. I still kicked your ass. It's fine. <laughs> See, eight to two to one. Barry Stein is our champion. It's something a little different, anyway. This See, classic day, Dave. It's like all game shows. It seems so easy at home. Yes, it does. You must you must listen to it and say, "Oh, I got that." What's the matter with these guys? I'm running the table at home. I'm the champion. Really? I'm the champion <laughs> in my backyard. There we go. That's how it works. But see, the rules are different. I can go over or oh, under. under. Doesn't matter. I get a point either way. Um, if I said those songs, you could say what key they are in. No, if I heard them, uh, but not I, I just remembering them. Yeah, not just remembering. Okay. Them. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's time to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, haha! They're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha! To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away. Ha-ha! It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true? Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 Asylum Cigars. 
An Indiana man was taken to jail after allegedly pistol-whipping his longtime friend during an argument over a song. The song in question was sung by the artist Bruno Mars, and the man will now need some 24-karat magic to keep himself out of jail. Oh, my God. Now he will find himself locked out of heaven where some other prisoner might tell him he wants to marry you, or at least uptown funk him up. On another note, the pistol used was a 38 special, which ended the evening of Rocket in the Night. And that's not only insane, it's Asylum. Look at you. <laughs> putting all these around. things. <laughs> you did. We're all trying to make this uh, connect, this whole thing connect anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're smoking the Studio 21. We didn't talk a lot about cigars, but we're smoking the Studio 21 cigar. Um, what do you think? What do you think of it overall? It's butter on a Pop-Tart. There we go. hundred <laughs> percent. Like... No question. It's just butter on a pop tart. Yeah, it's so very little doughy, a little sweet. I'll give you a the little dough. creamy. There's a dry component though. That's why I'm not I'm not ascribing yeah. to the yeah, butter. Yeah. Well, you didn't get the butter over the whole part tart. You got this that is, corner that has no butter. Yeah. This is um, there's a little lemongrass in there, kind of a very very subtle citrusy component, but without being an actual citrus fruit. I'm gonna call that an octave D right over there. Nice. Yeah. If you, if, dumbass. You, if you would have, <laughs> that would be D sharp. Yeah. If you were to play this song, would it have a certain sound to it? How do you? What does this we'll go sound the, like? We'll go with the with the citrus, and we'll play up really high. Studio twenty one. So like Tito Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little Tito Jacksonish. It made me want to drink some Sunny D. Yeah, it sounds like uh, citrus delight. to you. Yeah. All right. This is All a very right. good cigar. All right, that's it. Jason, thank you for coming on. Oh, my here. pleasure. Uh, thank my you pleasure. for listening to the Cigar Authority. It's great to have you here. You killed it last night. I thank think you. this is something. If you hear of Jason ever doing this somewhere else, you're a cigar smoker, and you say, I'm not into guitars and things like that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't Worth matter. It. Go there. It's an experience. You have never experienced before. I'd love to do it. People were saying, well, do this every Friday. But you live a long way away. (laughs) But they were saying, do this every Friday. It would be a great thing to have every single week. Jam session like that. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Next week, um, a surprise to our listeners, not in the care package. And it's our crystal ball conspiracy episode that we do every year. Um, It's going to get us in trouble. But we're going to do it anyway. It's part of our charm. We've got a few surprises up our sleeves, and we'll talk about that next week, too. You've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast ne- Network. And uh, I'm sure you've learned something Play this us out week. here, Jason. But always remember to keep the lit and off your guitar. of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.